Welcome in to another edition of Region Roundup. I'm James Boyd here with Mike Clark back for more sports updates and sports news. And Mike, as always, got to ask, how are you doing? I'm doing well, James. Thanks uh, for asking. Uh, we'll actually get to that a little bit later toward the end of the podcast. But uh, yeah, uh, in terms of your health, that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, you know it feels good. Um, you know, spring is here. Uh, we're going to be talking about baseball and softball pretty soon here, so uh, that's coming. And of course, it's football season in Illinois because this whole year is topsy turvy, upside down. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I imagine you feel kind of the same way. I mean, it's nice to get out of the house a little bit, um, you know, and uh, it feels like things are maybe inching back to normal. I mean, we don't think that the pandemic is gone or anything like that because uh, we know that variants are out there but it feels uh, maybe more hopeful than certainly it was a year ago and you know sure. than even than they, that even was five months ago when we we're going through the second surge so uh so yeah looking good um that being said let's dive into it we have uh, basketball still we have one team standing the Couts Mustangs, uh, which is uh, a pretty remarkable story, obviously. Um, we actually, we talked about this last week, didn't we, because we were in the middle of a two-week break here yeah. um, around the uh, around the NCAA tournament, uh, which is taking up, was was taking up all the venues in, uh, in Indiana, but uh, high school basketball, it's kind of strange, you know, to have a two-week break in the middle of the playoffs, or, well, I guess not in the middle of the playoffs, toward the end of the playoffs, but uh, Couts has extra time to get prepared. Uh, I know that you've got a bunch of uh, great stories on the way about that. Uh, we won't uh, we'll let uh, folks find out about those as they roll out, but uh, the extra time gives us some extra time to write some more stories, so that's kind of cool. But, you know, uh, we also have West Side falling short we talked about that a little bit did we talk about this last week i can't even remember what no we, we, we about did it week. right before um, oh okay you know, that's that's true that that's that's true that's that's what the timing was right we were t- speaking on the eve of the semi-state so go. okay west side uh did not quite get it done uh Couts did get it done and you were at Couts, and uh well actually well, you were you're at Lafayette, Jeff, Fort Couch, and Westside, so you actually got to see both of them and uh, your impressions. Yeah, it was a it was a crazy atmosphere there. Um, Couch fans travel well, and I think that's just a thing with small schools. Like when their teams do well, you know, a lot of the times, like the first time they've done it in you know so many years. Because I mean, how many great teams do you have when you know when you come through a really small program or a really small community? You kind of have to have like that perfect mixture of kids being born at the same time, interested in the same sports and things like that. So, uh, you know, that first game with Couts and Southwood was a barn buster, Mike. I mean, it was like 22-20 at the end of the first quarter. Um, a lot of shooting, a lot of scoring, um, high-octane offense. Um, and the player I was most impressed with was Kale Wireman, um, who is the twin brother of Cole Wireman. Cole Wireman is the Porter County all-time leading scorer, um, top 50 all-time in scoring in Indiana history. He gets a lot of the headlines, and deservedly so. But his brother, um, I thought, played the best uh, simply because he can score with the best of them, too. He's just the team's point guard. 
Um, he does a lot of like just the delegating and a lot of the distributing, distributing, which go on, goes under the radar. But I think he makes them better because he's not just another guy who's hunting his own shot. And uh, in that game, I guess he kind of needed to. And, and he really, um, you know, had stretches there where he took over. He had a couple and one layups. Um, he had a, a like a he had a nice steal and a spin move layup at the end of the first quarter that uh, you know I thought. W- made it very apparent that Cal's fans, like I said, travel well because it was deafening when he made that. <laughs> it was really, really loud. Um, and, and, and and then, you know, they kind of ran away with it. Uh, Southwood could score too, but you just kind of felt like, you know, uh, Cal's had a little more firepower offensively, a little better defensively, um, a little more size with rebounding, things like that. Um, but it was certainly a good game. I mean, for what it's worth, there were three sets of twins on the court. You got Kale and Cole Wireman. You had two twins from... Uh, Southwood, and he had the Knifles on, on Couch as well. So um, one of the twins on the other team, uh, Carson Rich, went for 30. Um, so he was like their star player. He lived up to the billing. Um, lefty, he had 4-3. He tried to keep him in it. But um, ultimately, like I said, Couch kind of ran, ran, ran away with it. It was a it was a high-octane game, Mike. I mean, every playoff game I had been to up to that point, it, it seemed like teams had to kind of like find their footing, especially when I got to the regional. And, and on and beyond that, it was like – you know, teams started slow or, or, or missed a bunch of shots. That was not the case with Couch and, and Southwood. I mean, they were just lighting up the scoreboard. And uh, at one point, I remember thinking, like, man, like, Couch is on pace to score 100 points. You know, they didn't get there, <laughs> but uh, they, they, were, they were rolling, man. And, and it's just, it was really exciting when the final seconds, you know, went off the clock. You can read my game story, the recap, and read, uh, you know, our, our sidebars from, uh, you know, correspondent Tom Keegan. For more on that, but it was a, it was a fun game, and, and, and maybe just being in the region and knowing, you know, what this means, Mike, what's your reaction to Cal's finally getting, you know, through to that to that state final? Well, I, I guess I'd have a couple of reactions, you know, historically speaking. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that don't like class basketball in Indiana, um, but this is why it exists, um, because Cal's, you know, isn't going to get to state any other way. And I don't say that as a knock on them. I mean, it's just look at where they're at. You know, they're right next to Valparaiso, Chesterton, Portage, you know, schools that have what, you know, maybe 15 times as many students. So, um, you know, I think that there's value in recognizing the fact that, you know, it doesn't make sense for a 1A school to play a 4A school in the state playoffs. So, you know, you can argue about whether there's too many classes, which I think there are. Um, I don't think that four classes are needed. But, uh, you know, again, class basketball was created for this to get more opportunities. There have been other schools uh, locally that have really uh, benefited from that. Morgan Township girls did that um, a few years ago. Um, they had a lot of success. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's a great thing for the PCC. It's a great thing for Keith Neust. Um, Keith Neust, for anybody who doesn't know, and everybody should know by now, is the scorekeeper for Couts for boys basketball, girls basketball, um, and spring sports, too. Obviously, they don't have football. He'd do that if they did have a football team, I'm sure. But uh, this is uh, you know, kind of the uh, crowning moment for Keith's career. Keith has been the guy for 50-some years, whatever it is. Robbie Weinstein wrote a great story about him about a year or so ago. Uh, Keith is the guy who is the 
historian of Porter County basketball. The only reason we know that Cole Wireman is the number one scorer in Porter County history is because of Keith Neust. Keith Neust knows this because he has researched all of this over the years. And if Keith says it, it's true. That's the bottom line. You know, <laughs> I mean, you and I deal with coaches a lot. You know, they'll say, I think, well, I think this kid's, you know, you know, leading us in scoring or, you know, there's a lot of coaches that are not as, uh, uh, what's the word as particular and as careful about their stat keeping as Keith is. So, um, this is a tremendous thing for him. I'm so happy for him. Um, you know, the fact that he gets to sit, you know, at the scorer's table, you know, and keep the book for couch in a game like this that's upcoming is just tremendous. Um, you know, and it, it's it's a great thing for what Kevin Duzan's vision was for this program. You know, he played, he upped his schedule. He played tougher teams. He played, you know, whoever would play him. Not everybody would, but, you know, he tried to play better competition during the regular season because he knew that this is a special group. You're not going to get, I mean, you're not going to get two sets of twins on every team, you know, number one. But you're not going to get the greatest scorer in county history every year. You need to take advantage of that opportunity when it presents itself. And here we are. You know, I mean, I guess the other observation I would have is, thank goodness this wasn't last year. You know, can you imagine if these seniors went out without a state t- tournament? That would that would have been really sad. Yeah, and, and, um, and to be honest, that's, that's the boat that 21st Century was in last year. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. And now, right. you know, a lot of those former players I've been seeing are rooting for Couts. It's funny how... Even though they had that fierce rivalry, they still want Cows to get it done because Cows is from the region. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, again, a lot of history there. A lot of, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a feel-good story. There's no doubt about it. You know, everybody in the Porter County Conference and probably everybody in the region is cheering for them. So, it's a great story. And the flip side to that is that, uh, you know, we thought Westside had a pretty good shot um, at getting there, too. And, you know, I mean, I'm not even going to deal with the fact that it's hard to know how Carmel is in the northern half of the state um, you know, by, by the IHSAA standards. They're playing one of their conference opponents in the state championship game, which is kind of ridiculous. You know, it is, but it is what it is. You have to beat good teams. Uh, Westside came really close. And, uh, you know, it's the thing about Westside is Jalen's back. So, you know, and J- Jalen is back in more than one way. He was He's back to playing like Jalen Washington, and he will be around for another season. So, you know, Westside is losing some great kids, no doubt. But, uh, you know, they've got the best player, you know, the best junior in the state, and one of the best juniors in the country. So, you know, they'll, they'll still be competitive next year. So, But they did not quite get it done this year. Yeah, um, like you said earlier, I was at that game. That one started up about an hour after the Cows game. Um, I think the one thing to point out was that Westside, in my opinion, couldn't have gotten any closer, basically, to getting to state. I mean, uh, it was a crazy sequence, Mike. So they were down two. Uh, you know, they were they were pressing, and then Krishan Christmas, the super athletic forward, he steals like you know a pass. Um, you know, goes up, misses his, his shot, and this is it, within the, like the final minute. Grabs his own rebound, goes back up and scores. Tie game, 40-40. And then Carmel inbounds it. Their point guard comes down. Uh, and he 
uh, tries to like go. I think he like drove to the basket to make a pass, left his feet, and uh, Perion Roberson, who leads Westside in charges, taken um, took the biggest charge of his life um, to to give Westside the possession of the ball, tied forty forty, with like thirty seconds to go, um, a little over thirty seconds to go, and then um, I mean at that point you start to wonder like is this going to be like the movie ending because. Um, you know, they, they come out of timeout. Kamari Peterson, one of the best guards in the state, has the ball for West Side. Dribbles the clock down, crosses over, goes to the basket, shoots a floater, and it's back rim. Um, go to overtime, and, and uh, Carmel squeezed it out 53-50, and that was the end of West Side season. So they were a shot away from going to their first state championship game since 2002, which is their lone state championship team. So, um I think one of the biggest things I want to point out, and almost in a sense, I kind of felt bad for the Gary. Not that they lost, but I feel like, and I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but I feel like Westside was the most scrutinized team in the region this year, just being in different circles and talking to people. Everything that that team did was scrutinized. Everything the coaching staff did was scrutinized. Every player was scrutinized. I mean, to the nth degree, um, to the point where if you didn't look at like the score and you know their record overall, you think they have a they had a bad season. So, you know, I give a lot of credit to the kids in that program and the coaching staff for kind of keeping them insulated and staying together when so much noise is swirling around the program. I mean, every game I went to for Westside this year, there was always someone in the stands yelling at the coaching staff, yelling that a player should be in the game, and this and that. And at the end of the day, you know, some people might say like, "Oh, they should have, they should have did this, they should have did that, they should be playing this upcoming weekend, whatever." They were a shot away from going to state. That is as about as good as it's gonna get. You know what I mean, Mike? Like, if you start a season and you tell a team, you know, "Hey, you know, one shot to go to state," do you want that? Everyone in in, in the country is gonna say yes. One shot to go to state with the best, you know, one of the best guards in the, in in the state taking that shot. So. You know, I, I could go on, but it, I, I think that it was pretty uh, kind of sad in the sense that they were scrutinized so much when at the end of the day, they were 22-5, and five, won their first sectional regional championships in 16 years, and a shot away from doing it. And, I mean, Jalen Washington admitted, him, admitted it himself. Jalen Washington had the worst game of, his, of the year, like that he had all year, in my opinion. And he said he played, he, you know, he, in his words, he said, I played awful. You know, or I had a, you know, something along the lines of I had a terrible all-around game. He was just ice cold, like serious. I mean, he made his first shot. You think it's going to be a good night? And then he had a couple that back rimmed, rimmed out, and never could find a rhythm. And I think he ended up with like four points. If he gives them his usual, you know, 10 to 15 during this playoff run, they win. So, I mean, I'm not making any excuses, but it's like, man, people were dogging his team. Like, they got blown out or something. It's like they were a shot away from going to Bankers Life Fieldhouse, which I think, in, in, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably a pretty good season. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, um, we know that, uh, you know, the urban cities in our region, uh, Gary Hammond, East Chicago, there's a lot of passion for basketball. I mean, it's the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the fact that West Side is carrying the banner for public high school basketball and Gary now, that they're the only public high school left standing you know i mean they're not like 
West Side, they're Gary's team, you know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, and not not to say that the charter schools aren't, you know, obviously Bowman, 21st Century Lighthouse, you know, they have their moments as well, for sure. Um, especially Bowman this year. Yeah. Um, but but uh, you know, there's something about the public high school, um, and that's where the scrutiny comes from. I mean, and Chris Bugs can handle it. He's you know. He's an adult, you know, he can deal with it. But you're right. I mean, it's a lot of, to put on the shoulders of 16, 17, 18-year-old kids. Um, you know, these kids wanted it. You know, I mean, they, the kids who grow up in Gary know what the history is. Um, you know, there's a tremendous legacy in hoops in Gary, you know, going back to, you know, when Roosevelt was founded as the only African-American high school in the city. We talked about that last year, you know, during their uh, run down to closing, um, you know, and uh, this is always going to be a big deal. You know, when when a West Side, when a Gary team, which is going to be West Side going forward is good, you know, there's just so many hopes, so many expectations, so many dreams um, for the whole city. It's uh, again, they're playing for the whole city. They're not just playing for for West Side High School. I mean, and I got, kind of got the feeling a little bit like that for Hammond High, too, you know. I mean, they were playing for all of Hammond as well, um, which is going to be even more the case, you know, when there's only going to be two high schools in Hammond, you know, moving forward. But, you know, uh, it's it's a tremendous thing that there is that passion, you know. I mean, everybody wants to be cared about, you know. So, yeah. I mean, that, that that's a good thing. But uh, I would agree with you, and I mean, I've seen that... A, you know, we've seen this over the years, you know, I mean, and, you know, not to be the, you know, the old man shaking his fist, get off my lawn type of a guy, but, uh, you know, I mean, social media has something to do with it, you know, there's oh, no absolutely. doubt about it, you know, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, there's talk going on, uh, back and forth on Facebook and Twitter and so on, and, uh, you know, um, it's, it can be ugly, and, uh, you know, I, but to, to wrap up and get back to your point, which is that West Side was super scrutinized and in spite of all that uh, held together to put together a special season that we will remember. Um, uh, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and again, you know, it feels like West Side is kind of back to me. So, um, you know, Chris Bugs will... You know, take a little bit of time off, I'm sure. Um, start thinking about next year pretty quick, you know, because, yeah, I mean, again, he'll, he'll, he'll have, he'll have Jalen to build around, and, you know, there's other pieces too, I'm sure. But, I mean, when you got a guy like that, that's a good place to start. Yeah, and last thing I'll say is, you know, six years ago when Chris Buggs took over his alma mater, his first season they went 3-21. and 3-21, and 21, and then six years later, granted, they have a lot of great players now. Uh, they were 22-5, they were and five, so not a lost season, not a failed season. I just felt like, you know, when you see kids posting stuff about how, like, they feel like, you know, people are always criticizing them and their coaches, it's like, dang, man, don't miss this moment because, I mean, who knows? You know, it took a long time for them to get back to the semi-state game. Um, you know, obviously they hope it doesn't take, you know, as long the next time, but these moments getting to the final four of the state tournament doesn't happen every year unless you're like Carmel, but um, you know, it doesn't happen very often. So just my whole message is like, enjoy it. 
Uh, I'm probably speaking to on deaf ears, people who do that type of stuff. And I feel like they, they're going to do what they want to do anyways. But if, if anybody's listening, just enjoy the game and be happy that there was even a season. So um, it was great. I mean, I'm looking forward to the state finals. Um, and I guess moving on to a different point, we had some all-state selections come out from the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. I can't name all of them. Um, what I will say is that um, Couts had four players that were all-state in some um, aspect. That was the Wireman Twins and the Kneifel Twins. Hammond uh, had three. They had Reggie Abram, um, Daryl Reed, and Harold Woods. Um, Reggie Abram was an honorable mention. I believe if he doesn't get hurt. And plays during the playoffs. He's probably um, not an honorable mention. Just on the you know the large school all state team. I you know I can go on about that. But there was a lot of representation. I mean, Karan Davis. You had you know sophomore Jamie Hodges Jr. from Michigan City who got underclass. You know um, you know all state. And then also there were uh, there were no seniors selected to the Supreme Fifteen. But we did have two underclass Supreme Fifteen, which was uh, the junior guard Travis Grayson from. Chesterton and, of course, now in the West Side, Jalen Washington, who I said, you know, had that one bad game at, at semi-state. But other than that, I mean, I think maybe five or six games into the season, he kind of turned it on and never turned it off. So um, looking forward to the future. There were a lot of underclassmen. I think a lot of players coming back. Of course, like you said, a lot of players leaving, but that's that's high school sports. Um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a player next year that I didn't really think was going to be that great or anything like that that'll surprise me and of course, there'll be the usual uh, returners that will do some some big things. So now I'm just waiting to see if we'll have an Indiana All Star, which is like the chatter now with no uh, you know region players being selected to the Supreme Fifteen. People are now wondering, like, man, will we will there be an Indiana All Star this year from the region? And I have uh, you know I don't have any bearing on that. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. Right. Um... I think that you know, we went over the girls' stuff last week, and uh, you know we got pretty good representation for uh, on that side. Uh, but uh, it's the end of the season, and uh, what the end of the season usually brings, and it brought this year, is uh, some coaching uh, changes. Um, we have three that I know you wrote about this week. Kyle Ben just stepped down. Laporte, uh, boys basketball, Preston Frame has stepped down uh, as uh, boys basketball coach at lacrosse and Adam Hudak has stepped down as Wheeler football coach. Yeah, Adam Hudak was probably the most surprising. Um, Bange and Frame, um, they both had pretty uh, rough seasons this past year. Um, Bange and Laporte went, uh, I believe they were 5-18. and 18. Um, I don't think they, I think they might have maybe, I don't think they won a game in conference in the DAC. Um, and then with Preston Frame lacrosse when I believe four and eighteen they didn't win a game in the PCC conference. Um, so PCC conference is redundant, but you get what I'm saying. Um, and then uh, the Adam Hudak was the most surprising. Like I said, he they were eight and three at Wheeler this past uh, fall, first winning season since 2015. And um, I was not able to get in contact with him. Um, reached out multiple times and just never heard anything back. And I, I did hear back from the AD, uh, Randy uh, Stelter at uh, at Wheeler, and he confirmed that Hudak resigned. And, you know, that's that's it. I mean, I, I, if there's that more information that comes out or I can get anything on record, I will. Because, um, like I said, I was very surprised. I mean, they had a really good year. 
Uh, their best player, who was a sophomore running back, I believe, Trey Gibson, is coming back. Um, you know, he was like an over a thousand yard rusher and might have been close to two thousand yards. He was a really good running back. So I don't know what's up with that. But like you said, um, end of the season brings changes and we'll have to wait and see who fills those spots. And, um, you know, anybody out there willing to, to apply, make sure you uh, get all that squared away before Friday afternoon. Um, I, can, I, can, I can get it done nice and early. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, James man. does not need any last-minute uh, breaking news before he heads to, uh, to Indy. So, um, with all that being said, it's as I said at the top of the pod, uh, we do have spring sports coming. Um, Andrean is the defending state baseball champ, uh, defending from 2019 because they didn't play last year. They have a 35-game winning streak going on, actually, which is one of the longest in the country, as you would expect. Um, you know, 35 straight is, is a lot of games to win in a row, and uh, you pretty much have to win state just to even have a streak like that, and Andrean did. So um, on the other side, Crown Point softball, is uh, as loaded with D1 talent as uh, almost anybody around. I mean, yeah. that's kind of ridiculous who they have. Uh, Miranda Elish's sister, who's going to Arizona, is uh, among the leaders for the Bulldogs. But uh, Andrean baseball and Crown Point softball are going to be definitely two teams to watch this spring. Yeah, I think the biggest thing to keep in mind with baseball is that Andrean is now up in Class 4A. Um, I talked to Coach Pisker about this, legendary Coach Pisker, that is. Um, and basically, you know, they were in 3A. They won all, they've won all seven of their state championships in Class 3A. Um, however, this, once the success factor kicked in, they got bumped up to 4A. But their enrollment in Andrean actually dropped down to 2A again. So they're really playing two classes up this year. Um, so that would be interesting to see. Um, I don't know what the sectional will look like with them in it, but I'd assume that it'll involve them and a, and a, a couple other great region teams. And um, I'm, I'm very interested. I think I think you when you're a champion, you try to find whatever you can to draw motivation from to not be satisfied. And I think now the chatter is like, you know, hey, we were in 3A, you know, quote unquote, no one respected us, even though a lot of people did. Um, and now it's like, you know, we got to prove it in 4A because no one believes in us and things like that. So we'll see. And normally when I, I did a story, um, you all can check it out on Robbie Ballantyne. He's a three-sport athlete in Drain. He's got two state championships, one in baseball, one in basketball. And, uh, you know, normally I don't even broach the state championship topic for a preseason story. But at Andrean, that's sort of the expectation. Not necessarily to win it, but at least to get there and play in one. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what happens only with them, other region teams. I mean, we got a lot of talent in baseball. Um, you know, I had to do the top 10 baseball and softball players. And to be quite honest, Mike, it was pretty easy to do it just because you just find the D1 kids and no offense (laughs) to anybody else. I mean, I wanted to almost say like in my summary, uh, you know, we have a little summary field for our stories and our system. I almost want to put like, of course, there's more than ten players to watch, but I mean, by default, if you're a Division One caliber player, that means you're probably one of the best players in our area. Um, that's just how it goes. I'm sorry <laughs> to anyone who thinks like, you know, hey, the where's a small school representation, or this kid had a really great year last year. I get all of that, but when you know, 
you know, Valpo's got two Division One commits. One's going to Purdue, Ty Gill. Another one, Grant Comstock's going to Northwestern. Um, you know, Hanover Central has a kid going to Illinois, my alma mater, our alma mater, uh, Jared Comia. So, I mean, you can't not put Division One kids in the top ten players to watch. And, I mean, you talk about Crown Point, they're ranked – they were ranked number 16 in the US, USA Today's uh, like preseason softball poll for the country. So um, let you know how good they are and how widely respected they are. And they have four girls going Division One, and they're all playing on the same team this year. And three of them are pitchers. So good luck hitting against them. Um, so, again, you know, four out of the ten players that were from Crown Point, I had no shame in doing it because, hey, you earned Division One scholarship. That, that proves again that you're one of the better players in the region. No doubt. And uh, one last uh, baseball note: uh, besides Andrean being the returning state champ, um, Washington Township actually is a returning runner-up from two years ago as well. Um, yep. Obviously, things have changed. Uh, you know, I mean, personnel changes a lot in two years, so we'll see what the Senators have. But just shout out to them as well for and coming they're, back. They're ranked pretty high right now. They're number four in the state for Class okay. A. So, mm-hmm. um, the, the Hernandez twins, James and Steven, have been. Uh, I got a DM the other day saying, you know, baseball season is here. We hope to see you soon. Get ready. <laughs> so, um, you know, some unfinished business there. So I'm excited to get out and see some familiar faces that I've seen in different sports. Um, finally in their sports because I mean there's a lot of kids I've seen play football and basketball uh, since ever since spring sports got canceled last year but their main sport is baseball um, and the same goes for girls you know I've seen a lot of girls basketball players and you know girls do different sports but some of them their main sport is softball so I'm excited that it's finally starting back up and to finally see like you know and, and, and not have to do any more preseason stuff because to be honest Mike it was kind of hard to use like preseason outlooks and stuff because it's like you don't know who is who yet you know, uh, you know, Pisker was telling me, you know, hey, you know, my sophomores, I haven't seen them play in a game since they were eighth in eighth grade. So <laughs> he was like, I don't know what my, I was asking him who's your, you know, some of your, he told me like some of his returners and guys that have played the state championship games, but he was like, man, I really don't know what my team will look like. Give me a month and I'll be able to tell you. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it just because, you know, I know these kids, you know, really missed this time last year. Not only... Uh, baseball and softball, but track and field and other spring sports as well. So I'm excited for it, and you know I'll be glad to complain about the rain rather than the entire season being canceled because of COVID. There you go. Um, you know, don't put away that cold weather gear just yet. You know, it could be kind of chilly for some of those early season baseball and softball games when you get out there. Um, so uh, next up is Illinois update and. Uh, as we've talked about, the Illinois sports calendar is upside down. Um, <laughs> so I am, I just started covering football. We have spring football in Illinois, a six-week sprint to the finish. Uh, I saw TF South uh, play Bremen, not Bremen, not the Indiana school, but it's Bremen, which is an Illinois school, last Friday night. And I got to see double overtime. So waited 16 months to see football and got to see extra football but uh uh tia south wins 20 to 14 in double overtime um best thing i could say about that isaiah lewis who uh is one of the top basketball players for um south is also their quarterback he's a 6-5 quarterback got a mess got a huge arm you know he can just really sling it down the field uh he's always a dual threat guy too and actually 
when they got to overtime, um, first play in overtime, 10 yards up the middle. Uh, touchdown, Isaiah Lewis. Bremen scored. It went to the second overtime. Uh, second overtime, Isaiah Lewis, 10-yard uh, touchdown. So basically, that's what T.S. South needed to do was to get to, <laughs> to get to get to a goal line situation because he was unstoppable. Um, you know, and you know, one of the things we're wondering about is how sloppy is it going to be after 16 months? You know, and after not a lot of prep time either because these teams, uh, T.S. South in particular, didn't have. Uh, the contact days, uh, they, they really hadn't been together, you know, in any serious way until practice started on March 3rd. But, you know, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't pristine. Uh, it wasn't super clean, but, uh, you know, it was better than I thought it was going to be. There were not a lot of penalties, not a lot of turnovers, you know, it was a, it was a pretty clean game. Um, you know, there was a bad punch snap, uh, that, uh, went over the putters head, you know, so I mean, I guess, you know, long slaps, long snapping is going to be one of the things that, you know, maybe you don't work so much on when you're working on everything else, on offense and defense and other special team stuff, but, um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, one of their football notes from Illinois, a really tragic one, Justin Young, who was a senior at Marion Catholic, um, not currently on the football team, but he had played there in the past as a defensive back was killed in a car accident on Thursday night of last week. Um, really emotional time for Marion Catholic Tajim Lawson, who is their star running back going to Northern Illinois as a preferred walk-on. Uh, wore Justin Young's number 15, switched numbers for that game as a tribute to him. They had a, uh, a prayer service at the school on Friday morning. Uh, they had a candlelight vigil this two days ago as we speak uh wednesday of this week you know and a, a tough thing to deal with obviously you know when you're a teenager you don't think one of your friends is not going to be there tomorrow when you go back to school so yeah. and our condolences to marion catholic for sure um and there's other sports going on as well there's actually a lot of other sports winter sports quote unquote are finishing up um spring sports are underway and badminton, uh, which is a traditionally a spring sport in Illinois, but they started it early this year just because it's a low con a low risk sport, low contact sport. They wanted to get as much in as they could. Uh, we were in the postseason. TS South is a uh, powerhouse. They won they won state titles in badminton in thirteen and fourteen. Um, they went eighteen and zero in duels this year. Won the conference again. Won the sectional again yesterday. They're have uh, qualified all of their all of their lineup to state two singles players two doubles teams to state which is going to be next weekend so we're kind of getting a little bit of a sense of normalcy with that um you know illinois um i should say illinois has a few more sports that are sanctioned by the ihsa than indiana does uh badminton is a sport um lacrosse boys and girls are sanctioned have sanctioned state tournaments um uh, gym, boys gymnastics which Indiana doesn't have as well Indiana has girls gymnastics but there are a bunch of other sports that Illinois has so uh, we keep an eye on them uh, as long as they're relevant to the schools that we cover and uh, badminton is one of them I know that and you know what I would say is you know there's probably some people that might be rolling their eyes it's like badminton as a high school sport I'll tell you James I went to the section last night this is not the game that you play at the Fourth of July picnic. This is <laughs> this, this is serious stuff. Um, you know, Sanaya 
uh, Johnson, who was the number one player at TS South, um, she was pretty exceptional. Um, she's got a power game. You know, and think about the bad. Think about you know a badminton uh, shuttlecock coming at you because it's it's a it's a small court. You know, and she's got a power game. She's got drop shots. You know, I mean, and she was really impressive to watch about how she was working working her opponent. Uh, but yeah, that was. Uh, it's fun, you know. I mean, it, 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 again, it's another sport that TF South is pretty good at, and it was it was fun to be able to tell that story a little bit too. Um, and I think that wraps up most of our news. But um, you do have uh, some good news um, on the uh, COVID front, and I will let you share it. Yeah, so I got my Fauci ouchie <laughs> yesterday. Um, my first dose of the Moderna vaccine. Um, shout out to the Marianos in Frankfurt. Um, here in Illinois, uh, news media members became eligible for the vaccine this past Monday. Um, and I, I kid you not, Monday I was on uh, multiple websites. I was on pretty much, probably on every single list I could possibly be on. Um, and I found uh, the Mariana website and uh, went, I found it through the Will County, uh, which is where I live, through the website. And um, Mike, I refreshed the page like I was trying to buy like some some sneakers that were about to sell out or some tickets to a, you know, really big time concert or something like that. Um, and uh, got through um, and I'll probably like, you know, expound upon this more down the line. Um, but I, I think it was a really big moment just because I, I, I've tried my best to um, make sure that when I leave my house and I go out and I report and I go around all these teams, these coaches, these players, teams and coaches, the players that have, you know, contracted COVID and have been shut down and things like that. Um, it's been on my mind a lot, like, you know, the possibility of bringing that stuff home. Um, so it feels good to be one step closer to being fully vaccinated um, for my own peace of mind and for the safety of my family. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. It was in and out. Just, I mean, anybody out there who has, who's fearful of it, I mean, talk to your doctor, but it's basically like a regular, um, um, type of flu shot. Like as far as the, the pain, I mean, arms a little sore and that was it. They gave me a band aid and, um, gave me a granola bar on the way out, which was nice. Um, you know, extra breakfast is always cool. But yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, that was cool. And then, um, I guess the one funny thing when I went, um, the 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 woman who was, uh, I guess, doing like the registration when I got there, she asked me. She kind of looked at me sideways, was like, "How are you eligible for this?" And I got to show her my uh, my badge, <laughs> you know, my badge for the times, and you know, told her I'm, I'm a sports reporter, and uh, she was pretty shocked because you know I, I'm young and. Yeah, I guess she just didn't expect me to be there. And, and to be to be fair, it was me and like you know a couple other people that were older, probably eligible because of their age. So um, yeah, that was funny. But I you know I told her like, hey, I, I wouldn't jump the line. I'm not cheating or anything like that. I'm just trying to make sure that I can you know be at my safest when I'm going out to do my job, which I've done pretty much nonstop ever since they resumed prep sports. I mean, uh, there's I mean I've been to I've been to a live event pretty much every week since then. So. Um, yeah, it was, it was cool to get vaccinated. Um, like I said, halfway there. Um, but the, the Fauci ouchie uh, dose one went pretty well. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's kind of a, a reminder to me. I need to get going on that. I've been 
I'll say I've been kind of busy, but you know I shouldn't be too busy to uh, to be healthy. So um, I need to work on that, and I will. And hopefully by the time we talk next week, um, I will have something at least arranged, if not uh, taken care of. Then so. Uh, otherwise, uh, do everything else uh, that you've been doing. Mask up, social distance, please, um, so we can we can get past this. And one of the things that uh, I guess kind of semi-related to that is, uh, you know, the city of Chicago is looking at some of the the numbers and your age group, James. Unfortunately, yeah. is is not uh, holding up its part of the bargain, and uh, which is. Not like you. I mean, you are atypical for your age group, clearly, um, when it comes to this, because, you know, I can vouch for the fact that James uh, has been extremely careful. Um, even when he comes into the office and I see him, um, he's still wearing his mask. He's, you know, social distancing. So, um, and folks, please, you know, we, we want, you know, we, we're seeing some hopeful signs. The Cubs and the Sox are going to have some fans in the ballpark, yep. which is an awesome thing. I can't wait to go see a Sox game and have a Polish and, uh, <laughs> you know, sit in the bleachers. Um, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that that's going to be the case. Um, I'm a baseball guy, so I, I, that's going to be an awesome thing. The, the Fire is going to have fans as well. We don't know if the Bulls and Hawks are going to get fans inside uh, before the end of their seasons. But, uh, you know, we are heading in the right direction, folks, and let's keep it that way because uh, none of us want any more of this than we've already had or than we have uh, had to deal with. So let's let's get back to um, what life was uh, BP before pandemic. And with that, we will talk to you next week.